Welcome back, one and all, to the Dawson D Show. If you're yet to subscribe, hit that button now so you don't miss an episode. And if you're not following us on Instagram, you can do so at Dawson D underscore for exclusive content. Today's episode is with Jared Asquith, who I was lucky enough to meet through my local footy club when he represented Tomorrow Man and put the boys through an amazing session. The conversation and vulnerability shown that night was eye-opening, and I knew I had to pull Jared aside and connect with him. On today's episode, we have an in-depth discussion around a number of topics. We all open up and share things that at times were uncomfortable, but incredibly freeing. We talk about masculinity, which is almost impossible to define, the way it's changed and continually evolving, and our personal experiences through the years around this touchy topic. We go in depth about having vulnerable conversations, how to start them and continue them with those around you. It's something that is so important and not talked about enough as it has the ability to save lives. We all share some of our toughest struggles of late, crying as a man, saying I love you and experiencing the conversation organically grow. And don't worry guys, as always, we lighten it up with a bunch of laughs throughout the episode. We hope you get a lot out of this chat and at the end of it, consider picking up your phone calling or texting a friend, and checking in with someone close to you and opening up a deeper conversation. Enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to the Doss and D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy, and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real-life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs, and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now... Let's go balls deep. Okay, Doss, are you ready for a deep conversation today? Very ready, mate. Episode 52 of the Doss and D Show. And we've got a, a very exciting guest, but I thought we would deep every week. We are, we? mate, but this is uh, this could go places. I'm very excited. So welcome, Jared. Welcome to the Doss and D Show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I've got to say, Jared... Uh, Daniel doesn't normally pay for the coffees. That's uh, a lie. So this morning, he's he, you've got a special man doing special things. Whoa, what's yeah. changed? That's Why a lie. Doss is the biggest tight ass of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's fair. You didn't want to pay for the expensive gyms. So. No. <laughs> yeah, we were discussing CrossFit. Jared's a CrossFitter, and you can tell by his physique. Ah. One of our favorite sayings at the moment is, this is how I earn my money back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, this I'll, is how I make my money yeah, back. this is how I make my money back. Joey Tribbiani, friends. But D, you met Jared a few weeks ago. I did. Give a brief explanation around how you met Jared and, and I guess what the... Um, circumstance was yeah sure so i met jared at my local footy club a few weeks ago um jared's part of tomorrow man which we're about to hear all about and i was just really impressed by the whole session and what i got out of it and you know dust when i got home that night i was just shouting from the rooftops i told everybody about it it was just such a great conversation starter and we're going to talk a little bit more about it so i'm not going to tell you what tomorrow man's about jared can tell us about that so Jared, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself growing up and how you got to Melbourne? Because you're not a Melbourne boy originally. You originally. are now. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, um, yeah, I grew up technically in, in Wangaratta. So in the Wang, um, as some people call it. But yeah, I moved I, like high, high level, like Cliff Notes is uh, I went to six different schools, four primary schools, two high schools, a few in Melbourne, a few in um, Wangaratta, Korowa and Bundalong and Yarrawonga. So I sort of wow. moved all around like country Victoria. My dad and stepmom live up in Wangaratta. My mom um, eventually moved to Melbourne. So I sort of did like a bit of juggling between mom, dad, that sort of stuff. Just pretty interesting time in my life when I was a bit younger. Mm. So yeah, and then uh, moved to Melbourne when I was 15. Okay. Which was sort of off the back of, you know, some of the conversations, I guess, that we had. Like, wasn't really feeling like I was fitting in when I was in year seven and eight. So I just like was like, I'm going to make a new shift. I'm going to mm. change schools. So when you say you felt like you didn't fit in, for what reason? Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's so, and it's so funny because it always comes back to this like tomorrow man sort of work, but it was the whole idea around the, the male stereotype. I, I just always felt like that list, I never fit. And I didn't know that there was a list. I didn't know that there was a rule book when I was 14, 13 years old, but I didn't have the same body type as every single guy. Like we sort of spoke about a bit of like body image stuff today already. And I just like never felt like I was able to just tap into like the the same masculinity, that real side of like proper, like being tough boysy boy as easy um, as the guys in my school could. So it was, yeah, an interesting. Oh, when you bring up body image, like I'm just tracking back to my days of going into, you're in high school, you have to go and get changed for PE. Mm. Like, have you got anything like around that kind of time? Because I remember, I hated that. We both hated that. We, 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 we were chubby kids. Yeah. Or maybe even fat kids. Probably more <laughs> overweight than chubby. <laughs> were, were, you, were you skinny? Were you bigger? Were you... It's so hard to even like know, but I think I was like very much like just 
very average build, just okay. like puppy fat, sort of puberty vibe. Um, yeah. And had lots of like weight fluctuations throughout my high school life. But it's funny that you say like that, like going to get changed for Pete, because actually probably like one of my most traumatic memories from high school that I probably have blocked out until now <laughs> was literally getting dacked like in oh. front of everyone when I was like in Undies seven. and everything? I actually don't remember. Like I think I had my undies on, I think. Um, but I get blocked it out. Um, oh. So yeah, Wangaratta, it's great, great. I wonder why you left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually the reason why I was like, and I'm never coming back. Uh, you know, um, but yeah, so that was a, you know a huge part of like yeah. just that list. And even you know as a 25 year old guy, sometimes I'm like on Instagram and I feel like I don't fit the mold. Although I know I, I'm very fit and active. But isn't that amazing though? Because we I hate it, but social media has created that. Yeah, you know. It's kind of, it's amazing and it's scary. I, I, you know, follow like the CrossFit games and looking at like, you know, Matt Fraser and a few other guys. I'm like, God, like that's I, lo- I, I will say, I, I'd follow Rich Froning and I love him. So I'm trying to think if I know who that is. He's one of the like biggest CrossFitters in history. Um, no, I'm looking at, look at <laughs> we'll, it later. We'll edit that out because yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm looking at it like, I, I don't care if I don't know a CrossFitter. No. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really complex and I, I I want to start to look at that, you know, like I love what you guys are doing, but I think with, with boys and men, like start to have more conversations around it because we see like female body movements a lot, but we don't see a lot for men. Mm. It's part of like my passion, I think, of just like people feeling okay or healthy or themselves. Yeah. So. We've, we've had this conversation with a few of our guests about people having that negative effect from Instagram and social media because like for us, we are talking about this this morning, like we'll follow people that we aspire to be like. So mm. we assume that if we're not there, we're not there yet. Well, I put up a post on my Instagram early in the week and I was celebrating about celebrating the little wins. Mm. And exactly what Dee just related to was when you're looking at everyone else around you and the people you follow who are, you think they're doing better than you, it's, it's making you think that you're behind. So you're not actually celebrating where you really or currently are. And a lot of us are doing a great job, mm. but we don't we don't realize that because we're too busy looking at what we don't have or what we aren't. That false goal, that yeah. goal that you know, when I have this body, like when I have a six pack, then then I've made it, or whatever it is. When I've earned this amount of money and this is in my bank account, then I'm there. But until mm. I get to that point, I'm I'm not enough yet. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I'm gonna say because I definitely know that I have huge goals for what I want to look like. Yeah, but I also like. I look at myself in the mirror and I probably yesterday morning like woke up and I was feeling sexy as fuck. And I, oh, was, yeah. I was like, this like, you're looking so good. I don't have a six pack by any means. And I was like, holy shit. Like I, I love my body today. Yeah. That's sick. Um, so I just thought I was like, yesterday I was like, fuck. That's, that's so empowering. Super cool, it is. You know? Like, yeah. And I was like, I could be aware of the fact that I was like, oh, like I want to be bigger. But like in that moment, I was like, but I look sexy and I, and I know I feel good about myself. So it's just, I don't know. I think yeah, I want to play with that. And just like keep celebrating as much as I want to grow. Mate, that's enough. I love that. That's great. I, I, from a personal level, I don't think I'll do that enough, mm. you know, with my own body. No, so I I'd love yeah. to be able to embrace more of that. Yeah. Challenge for you then. Yeah. Huge. So d- d- you'll, you'll hear me in the mirror tomorrow morning. <laughs> I am sexy. You're like, <laughs> nice. Yeah, definitely. And then you've got to take some like black, like creative nudes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leak them out. We'll wait, till we're, we'll wait till we're a little bit more famous and we start to drop and then that'll be our next spike. That's Full Kim K style. 100%. I love that. 100%. That's how you get famous. So can you tell us a little bit about the Reach Foundation and how you got involved with that? Because that's yeah. really how I met you. Yeah, well, because so Tomorrow Man, a lot of, um, I guess, the 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 guys that started Tomorrow Man, they started off at Reach. So it's kind of funny. We all sort of started at this leadership program, sort of started by Jim Steins and Paul Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim was the like famous AFL player from Melbourne. Um, and then Paul Curry was his best mate, who's like this kooky actor, producer. He produced like um, Hacksaw Ridge, which is um, a pretty famous movie that came out a while back. You got the um, movie, man. It sounds, had, it sounds scary. It, it was like a war movie with... Um, Andrew Garfield in it. Um, okay. He was the anyway, but um, I haven't seen it. But yeah, okay. They, they sort of combined and, and made this um, beautiful place for young people to come together and yeah. just have conversations like this. Mm. So I guess when I was eighteen, I was lucky enough to sort of get tapped on the shoulder. I was working with um, a group of like rowdy teenage boys at Bounce, the trampoline park. And this guy that used to work at Reach saw me and he was like, you had them like, they were following the rules. They were like hanging out. They were chatting to you. Like they were like you know sort of in and out of your palm. And I was like, I don't know, it's just just what I do is hang out and just have conversations and yeah, he sort of referred me on. So I spent, and I, it's just, even when we talk about this, when I was, I was 18 and I had never had an honest conversation like before then, like I had never spoken about my, my emotions before that point. I had never heard another male speak about their emotions. I'd never seen another male cry um, that wasn't on TV. And Reach was the place where I learned that for the first time. I saw that for the first time. 
So it holds a huge place in my heart and it's where, God, I learned how to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I guess you've become a facilitator in Reach, so that's what ended up happening and then yeah. now you're at Tomorrow Man. Can you kind of give a brief explanation of that transition or that whole period? Yeah, well, I just was, like, I was really passionate about creating these conversations for, for, for people. I think as my journey sort of grew at Reach, I realized I was more passionate around masculinity. Mm. Um, and a big part of that is because I never felt like I could fit that stereotype. You know, it was impossible to, to fit. So I feel like I was really curious into understanding it, um, which sort of led me into working in all male spaces. And then when I saw an opportunity to sort of step in with Tomorrow Man, I did. And it has worked out. And it's been my dream job. Like, I've always had my dream job, I think. But, like, this is really my dream job. That's awesome. Well, I mean, even the way Jared was at our footy club, the way he gave us a bit of shit. He uh, pointed, <laughs> a, pointed a few guys out in the crowd and put them in their place very, very I will very say early. that is one of the things Dee did say. He said how relatable you were. Yeah. Just to walk into a footy club, which for a lot of people, it can be intimidating. Oh, yeah, 100%. And yeah. just to be able to own the room like that, yeah, he said just how relatable you were, and I think that's probably why, like when you're talking about bounce, mm. that, that sounds so, like someone's gone, mate, got those kids eating out of the palm of your hand. You don't mm. even realize it. It's just a natural skill set. You're just being yourself. Yeah. It's pretty special. Thanks. And it's, it's funny you say that because um, like I like didn't grow up in the footy culture. Three or five years ago, it would have been so intimidating for me to walk into footy clubs like mm. I do now, but... I think it's just like my strong sense of self and going like, I don't need to be a footy bloke to walk into a footy room. I know how to have these conversations and that's all that matters. We, we say it a lot, but we're all human. So yeah. why should we go into yeah. an interaction fearing that interaction because of our perception of what it is? Yeah. You know, everyone, we're all the same. I mean, footy clubs are interesting places and it's changed a lot. I mean, I've been playing footy my whole life, Dosses yeah. as well. Him Not- a lot better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And just how it was 10 years ago i remember mm. let's talk about it so i remember one of my experiences at one of my other footy clubs this is what we did every tuesday we'd stretch in a big circle and one guy would get up in the middle and he'd say right who's at a new route this week that'd be the oh. first question and then you'd go around it can't be your missus it can't be this girl that you've been seeing for a few weeks it's new ones and then someone has to tell their story and like someone would get thrown under the bus if i knew it was dos yeah I'd go, come on, Doss. I'd be like, oh, I've heard a little rumor. And then Doss would have to get up and he'd have to explain it. That does not happen at all anymore. Mm. It's not like that anymore. It's just an int- like one of my other friends who's thinking of getting back into footy. He actually said, I just don't want to be back in that blokey bloke environment. I said, mate, to be honest, my current footy club, it's not like that. Mm. I don't know if it's just our club. I don't think so. I think it's just, it's just changing so much, this whole dynamic. Yeah. Are you, I feel like, how old are you guys? Are you guys? I'm 26. Both of us. Yeah, so I'm 25. I feel like when, when we were growing up, you know, like masculinity was really different and for the current, where we are now, it has has sort of shifted, but also it's just, that's still the way that we grew up and that's still sort of what, you know, mm. like if you were to even think like, how do you reckon that specific sort of, I guess, footy thing like impacted your masculinity? How did that impact the way that you, you know, see relationships with women? Like? Well, it's funny that you say that because I've spoken on this podcast before about like, oh, I hate even saying it, it always makes me cringe because I know the people that listen to the show, but yeah. like I was, for a while, I was battling like sex addiction. Yeah. And and, I don't, and I've never thought of it this way, but it's like there was always pressure and, I, and this is a horrible, and I'm happy to say it now because I don't think like this anymore, but I used to almost say like stats mm. and it's hard for me to even say this, but like, the boys would say oh what happened I'd be like yeah got a stat or carving on the wood or that, this is how we all used to talk yeah. that's how we used to talk five years ago it's interesting how it's changed and yeah maybe that maybe it played a part like you just had to keep racking up numbers like I don't know it's an interesting question yeah I think so and it's just you know you look at like that's the way that you get like masculinity points it's how you yeah. get respect points is by sleeping with a new chick yeah. you know it's just I think it has changed but again that's the way that we grew up it's I'll, I'll, like first thing I think when you say the word stat I just thought I'm like all the women listening to this I'm just going to go how horrible is that like no but for you to own up to that I mm. commend you for it and because you're not in that anymore and that's past but like it just makes me think fucking hell like how are we how does it make us yeah it's hard to even put into words it like, is just the way we mistreat women in that way it's just mm. so wrong it's so wrong yeah yeah so i mean it's a dangerous potentially dangerous topic masculinity because we <laughs> don't have it like you said we don't have a definition for it it's ever evolving so mm. for your line of work and what you do what's the best way to kind of explain or embrace or how do we even open up this conversation i think that's sort of the right question but you know in the line of work that i do everything is a question I've never ever gone into a room or, or a space and going like, I know what masculinity is because it, it's got to be different to you, to me, to you. 
But I think when I think of my own version of masculinity right now and, and the way that I, I currently want to want to live is just to have flexibility with my masculinity. So to be able to live up to some of the things in that list that we sort of speak about the stereotype of like be tough, be brave, be resilient, be cheeky, those sorts of things I want to be. But I also want to be able to just be flexible and go like on days that I'm <laughs> struggling, like I can I can reach out to a mate mm. and I'm not going to lose masculinity by doing that. Yeah. So I think right now when I think of the word masculinity, for me, I, I want to think of flexibility. That's a good way to put it. When you, yeah. when you just said that then, reaching out to a mate, can you explain to us, and, and we talked about it this morning, it is hard for a lot of guys to reach out to a mate. Yeah. Like, uh, and this is a great conversation that I love having yep. because we're both vulnerable men. Like, mm. we, we, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an emotional guy. I've been very open about that because I've come from a family that's full of emotion and we've been taught to express your emotions. How, how do you, what is the right way? Or, or not? There's no probably right way, yeah. but there isn't a right way, but... How do guys improve or get better at being able to reach out to a friend or, or how, how does it happen? Yeah, I feel like there's two, two parts to that. And the first one is like the idea of the emotional muscle. Speaking about your emotions is a muscle and a skill set. And, you know, like we spoke about the gym today, you can't walk into the gym and have never, ever, you know, deadlifted or back squatted before and just pick it up and put 50 kilos on and go like, oh man, I'm going to do this because yeah. you, know, you don't have the muscle there to support it and you probably don't have the skill set to hold yourself you know, in, in, in a stable position. And you're probably going to injure yourself. Correct. And it's going to be potentially traumatic because you had an injury and then you go, well, I'm never going to do that again. So I, what we're trying to do and what, what I think you are trying to do as well is just start to teach the skill set and get people to practice it in really, really easy ways. So like my big thing is like any step is a huge step. You know, if, if a guy in a footy club shares even like the tiniest bit of like honesty for himself, I'm like, that is fucking huge and you're building your muscle. And it's just this continuous thing. So I think that's really important. But I know like I've had a probably an up and down few few weeks. We've been through a few lockdowns and I think um, the last two have sort of hit me like both in different ways. And I noticed myself starting to, to struggle. I was like being a bit more introverted and I'm like pretty charismatic and pretty like extroverted. So when I'm introverted, people are like, what's wrong with you? Mm. You know, like, why are you being so quiet? So I had a few weeks ago, I'm like, fuck, I'm being quiet. Why is that? Did some reflecting and then just started actually texting mates and going like, how are you? And they were like, yeah, good, thanks, you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, standard. And I was like, thanks for asking, I'm going to tell you. And I, I said to a few mates just over the past few weeks, I was like, I've had a rough few weeks. I've just been feeling a bit like not myself and a bit a bit down and it was just amazing how like they were just like jumped into like what's been going on or like tell me about it um so i did and then i was like well now that i've told you like just how are you actually because you know yeah. here we are and i just, the, the amount of friends of mine that were like oh cool now that the honesty is there i'll share too but as humans we just hide our vulnerability away like that's it's what we naturally do it's 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 just part of us because we're afraid of putting that out there because that that is ourself and that is risk. If that gets mm. stomped on, we're going to feel like shit. So can, I, can I quickly ask, do, yeah. you, do you follow Brene Brown or know much about Brene? Yeah, huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's basically what she talks about. Correct. You know, just through vulnerability, that's, that's where the strength lies. Yeah. That's where it is. But unfortunately, we're just not taught that that's where it is. The, yeah. the strength lies, especially for men as a, as a male, strength lies in being strong, lifting yeah. weights, not showing my emotions, um, the footy club culture, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just excited to have this conversation with you. Like listening yeah. to, to Jared just sparks me and it just pumps yeah. me up because I'm like, I want to go and message all my mates. Yeah, like, because it, it's, it, takes, it takes leadership to be that first person to actually stand up in front of your mates and say, okay, this is where I'm... And then the snowball effect comes from there. Like I know that as teenagers, we probably didn't have... We're always there for each other, but we probably didn't have these deep conversations mm. unless one person started it and then the circle would join in and now it's a bit more well our friendship group we practice it we practice actually having deep conversations it's something we don't have values per se as a friendship group but if we did that would probably be almost number one that vulnerability wouldn't it and that's because the muscle is built for you guys yeah because it's like it's there and you can just easily access that now and it's comfortable because it's built but if it's not it takes huge amounts of courage to do it but i think the reason how i've learned that is just through work because mm. every single workshop I ever do, it takes one guy, it takes one person to be gutsy enough to go, hey, here's how I'm actually doing. This is how I actually feel. 
And then the whole room every single time is like, I'm here for you. And now I'm going to tell you who I am because you were gutsy enough. You know, it just, it takes yeah. one person. I mean, especially in our session when it took one of the guys to get up and you said like, I'm going to, we're going to sit in silence until somebody has the courage to do it. Mm. And then you ask the group, okay, so do we feel, how do we feel about him? Do we feel better or worse? And we're like, it's just so much respect. Mm. And like for me, like, even the word alpha male, for example, I don't see it as a negative. Mm. And I see it as a negative as the way it's portrayed on TV. But for me, an alpha is the leader. Mm. And that doesn't mean this guy that comes in and beats everybody up and, and sleeps with all the girls and treats them badly. For me, a true alpha is leading the group. And that is, the alpha should be the person that gets up and starts that conversation. That's just how I view it. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, the alpha looks different to everyone. And that's mm. masculinity looks different to everyone. But I think it's just one person get, getting up like every single time actually a, a guy in a workshop gets up i always ask all the boys what like what did that take or um you know what do you want to say to this guy every single time it's like oh that was gutsy it was ballsy it's courageous you know like i respect the guy more because he because he was the alpha because he got up and did the scary thing and it's just so crazy because we were taught when we were younger speak about your emotions seen as weak you know, mm-hmm. speak about your emotions, you're a bitch, you're going you're gonna to get made fun of. That was just what we were taught. But actually, any single time a male does, we always see it's courageous. Mm. Every single time. Because mm. no other guy has the balls to do it, has the guts to do it, the courageousness to do it. I also think about, I think of alcohol, I think of drugs, I think mm. of think of some of my friendship groups, or even me, like some, some people might not even want to drink alcohol, but they've they drink it from a young age because... Hey, the boys are drinking alcohol. I need a. I'll have a beer. Mm. I'm just thinking of a lot of people. Prob- Saturdays are for the boys. Yeah, Saturdays yeah. are for the boys. Classic. And you know that classic saying, <laughs> "Saturdays for the boys." Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why I shared that, but it's just a, another conversation. It's like you know, even based off that. I like. I want to take that and run with it because it's something that's been sitting with me for a while. I don't know if I read it or I heard it in a workshop, but this idea that like men can only have these conversations easily when they're like under the influence. I think I might have done a, a question on the night. With you did, you. yeah. We do this activity called Step to the Line. And yeah, we got a piece of a tape in the middle of the sort of circle or the, or the room. And guys have to step forwards if a, if a statement's true for them. And I'm pretty sure I asked Step to the Line if there's a, a guy in this club that you've got a lot of, lot of love or respect for. And you know, most of the yeah, guys yeah. sort of step to the line. Um, and I said, stay standing on that line if you've told that guy that you love or respect him. And there was like still a few guys in the line, which was cool. And I always ask after that, hold the line if you were sober when you told them. <laughs> and there's always this like reaction, like this laughter that comes with that. And I just, I, I've been really curious about that because I'm even guilty. Like I do this work, I have this muscle and I have like one or two close friends that I can't seem to cross the line with sober. And again, it's just like, one of those things it's so hard like sh- to create these conversations i'm not going to say it's easy because it's, yeah. it's not but yeah i just even like the way that guys we don't sit down and have conversations like this so yeah i'm trying that's something i'm working on at the moment. one of for me one of the biggest breakthroughs i remember and, I, and it just came to me when i was a teenager was breaking through using the word love mm. so my dad and he won't mind me saying this he's very affectionate so he lost his dad to suicide when he was 19 and he had to oh. He basically found him and saw everything. So it's very traumatic. But he, as growing up, he always said to me every day, I love you, I love you. And then I hated it though as a teenager. Like it got to a point where it's embarrassing because my my mates would come around and they were giving me shit because they'd be like, oh, I love you. And and, and like he used even pet names. And it it was very different to how my other mates' dads treated him. It was always, Mm. they used to get called mate or bud or something like that. And I was getting called like more... I suppose feminine kind of words. Darling or... Yeah, like... I remember him calling you darling. Yeah. I I didn't think that was weird. No, but a lot of my mates... And I hated it. And I hated it. But then it got to a point where I'm just like, I'm just going to embrace this now. I I even told him on multiple occasions, stop saying that, please. Mm. You know, please stop saying it. Even mum got involved. She's like, treat him like a man. Like, treat Like, he's not a kid anymore. He's not, you know... And then eventually I got to a point where I broke through that. And then for me, just telling... I think it was you or Jaya, one of you two that I would have said... I love you too, mate, for the first time. Mm. And then now, how often do we say, love you, mate? Love you? Like, it's just integrated into us. Well, so want- every every day, one of us would be home first. Every time the other person comes home, every time we get, do the big high five and we just hug. Yeah, yeah. and it's just a breakthrough. So I, I wanted to ask you about, because one of the big words we're talking about at the moment is integration. Mm. How do we integrate positive habits into our lives? So how do we integrate 
the best way to start these conversations, and I don't know if you remember the example you used, you used a pub analogy mm. before you get pissed about having these deep conversations. And I thought that was really profound. So would you care to share about, about that? It's just one of those things, like I think if I can remember like vaguely what I said, something that I'm trying to like work on, like with the friends that like I struggle to have those connections with sober like i want to have that conversation when i'm just having one or two drinks and it's just like can be really casual mm. but it's just it's just getting past the how are you good thanks you yeah good like what have you been up to like i just yeah i'm trying to just be like tell me like i i know you know this is something that's happened for you recently how has that been so just practicing a little bit more like catered questions to would like, you say friends. even if you're going to ask the person this would you say even maybe be be prepared as well maybe know what's going on if they've been I don't know, posting something online. Is it have a or, bit of an lack idea? Of posting, or, or lack, lack of, of, I don't know. know. Yeah. Genuinely though, like observations allow someone to feel seen and then they allow you to either, or the other person to go like, wow, that's so right. Here's how it is. Or you're so wrong. Let me tell you how it is. Like either way, like win-win because they're going to kind of share. Mm. But I think we're, we're, as humans, we naturally notice our friends shifting, you know, like every single one of my friends over the past few months going like, why are you being so quiet? Like you haven't spoke, like that's not you, what's going on, which was great. You know, I wasn't maybe ready to answer it the first time they asked it, but the few times later I was. So I find that has been really easy. Like, you know, if you know a mate that's gone through a breakup, it's like, yeah, boy, I just want to know, like, how are you going with the breakup instead of just like, how are you? And then just assuming that they're going to go there. That's a good one. Cause breakups is something that we all deal with, mm. but men don't talk about it. I'm no. sure. And I'm, I, not going to speak on behalf of women, but I'm, I'm guessing that they talk about it a lot more to their friends and go into further detail, which is like, yeah, I'm fine, or, mm. oh, it's hard, or whatever. I, I think it's really good. And yeah, yeah like, uh, do you think it might come with maturity as well? Because, I mean, as I've gotten older, I've got less, I don't enjoy small talk. I don't mm. like, and, and we were talking, we, I used to work in events, so every day it was small talk. Like, how's, like, how's uni or how's work? And yeah. then, and that'd be it. And or when you meet acquaintances at the pub that you haven't you've seen at school, and you might talk for five minutes about mm. work and union. Let's be honest, you don't really give a shit about it. I'm more interested now in these deep conversations because yeah. it sets my soul on fire, and I enjoy it. But do you think it comes with maturity? I want to say yes, but I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I think it comes with practice. It's it's really shit, and it's really um like dark to say but like one of the the biggest causes for for male suicide you know it's the, in that older bracket is usually a divorce or a breakup or um you know some significant like loss or change in their life we weren't taught to, to talk about those things women they were you know they were they were always you know think of in high school like you can picture like the girls in the circle i can close my eyes and picture them yeah. in the circle really tight knit talking about a breakup or what was happening us guys were always just playing sport, yep. you know, talking shit, talking banter. So I think we're just lucky right now. This generation is slowly starting just to have conversations. But if you've never spoken about a breakup before, 20 years down the track, do you think you're going to speak about it? Like you've mm. had no practice and potentially they've got no friends or no connections to do that with. So it takes practice. We're pretty lucky or not lucky. Like you said, and I love that analogy you've used with the muscle because I've never thought of it like that. Mm. And we've built that up over time to the point where, you know, I'm struggling with my own breakup sit, like situation. D is to, you know, in the kitchen the other night, I'm cooking dinner and we're having this deep conversation together about, mate. Well, women. Yeah, no, <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm really struggling. I reached out to my ex-partner two days ago, the first time in six months, Whoa. which was a big step for me. And I probably shouldn't have done it, but I was I just had this urge. And I said to D, D, I've done something bad. Mm. And he's like, what did you do? And I was like, oh. And he reassured me, he's like, it's not a bad thing. Mm. But there's, yeah. Like we, t- we talked it through, basically. Yeah. It's, 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 it comes from that whole thing, and I'm big on this emotion versus logic. Yeah. And humans instinctively act on emotion a lot of the time. And sometimes you just need to have a conversation to talk everything through. I get overwhelmed and flustered when shit comes at me, like if mm. it's family troubles, and I always instinctively think the worst. But then when you talk to somebody about it, and you logically can see a way out... Like, that's just so powerful to me. It's like, mm. so sometimes it's good just to talk and let it all out. And then, okay, what's the next step from here? And I think, I mean, I don't know when it comes to suicide, but if that's one of the main, going back to my dad, he just always has always said, he's like, all I wish is I was there five minutes before. Mm. And just asked, what is so bad right now that's, yeah, make this decision for you. Like, what is so bad? Can we actually logically find a way through? Mm. And that's always stuck with me. And I know a lot of people that have taken their lives Everybody around them say the same thing. And mm. now I think we're getting better and we need to continue getting better to 
see the signs like you're saying that something's up and then open the conversation I've I really love that like and I think like can I be there five minutes before is like it's just the starting point but can I be there like five weeks before yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and I think that's where we, we're, we're getting to or that's where I feel like I'm getting to with, with my friends of being able to actually have the relationship that's there enough that when the initial struggle hits they've got someone to go to yeah so that it's not so late that's beautiful you know yeah like oh, that's great that's yeah. a great way to think about it mm. five weeks like because that's what it is like people people need time to like actually feel that love and that support and have those conversations like yeah being there five minutes before is just going to stop them in the meantime but they need they need that support mm. earlier on yeah. and that's where like you know prevention is i guess what i think tomorrow man is sort of trying trying to do or i think a lot of organizations are trying to do is trying to just teach people the emotional muscle so that on the days that are fucking hard, you've got the muscle, you've got the skill to be able to, to, to work with that or at least go, oh, I need to go see a psych or I need to go see my mate. And I just think it's really cool. And also like, it's going to sound weird to say I love this, but I love that you two are going through like a similar struggle at the same time. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's, if you hadn't spoke about it, it's just so many guys that would probably spend so many fucking days hanging out together. And you're like, what the fuck? We're literally going through the same thing and not talking about it. So I just love that you guys are. Thanks, mate. About it. I think we're just at that point now. Like I said, we just, we're so past the point of worrying about vulnerability that it's just integrated. I, use I, that word I want to share something that it's yeah. not necessarily vulnerable, but it, it is a stereotype. And that is, we joke about it. As in, we are so close that when we go out, whether it's grocery shopping or we'll have a little laugh and go, do you reckon people think we're gay? Yeah. yeah we because that, that. that's how close we are. Yeah. And like I said to Dee, I don't care. Like that's how much I love you and we're just mm. that close. And I think it's totally normal, you know? The girls we hang out with always ask the question. No, it is. I'm so for it. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm very pro, pro um, queer. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, it's just I watched this um, this documentary on Netflix I, you might have seen it, it was called The Man Up Doco no, um, I'd love to watch it though it, it was like an American it's very American but um, it's got some good stuff in it and there was a, um, a sort of adolescent male psychologist and she was talking about like boys and I, if you can picture back in primary school but boys are the most affectionate creatures on the earth you know true, yeah. you hug your best mates like you hold hands with them you wrestle with them um, you put your arms around them like when you're just sitting next to them when you're like in your three you've like you two so true yeah. and what happens is when we hit high school puberty hits and the stereotype becomes a lie because you're in your seven you're looking at all these e12s you know that are being these macho men and you know the stereotype around being straight and then it's like well i don't want to be seen you know hugging my friend and being intimate and you know doing that so we all just avoided it mm. um so i just think it's amazing that we're actually getting to a point where you know i think for a while it was like no homo and you would like do it but yeah. like now i think like you don't actually have to, you don't have to say no homo because it's just like you're just you're just being intimate with your friend and like showing that you love them or you, yeah. you know so definitely i think that's dope i'm curious um yeah how are you going with your breakup at the moment it's a good question Ooh. um <laughs> I, to be honest like if we were to say the last time i cried i cried yesterday at work i was so what i do is at the nursery i work at is basically every day i stand at a bench and I sort through the plants and I work through my list and go through the whole nursery and pick out all the plants that have been sold. Mm. So I'm standing at this bench all day with my thoughts. Well, it was my dad's birthday during the week. Gotcha. So I was already pretty emotional mm. and I uh, spent a bit of time with my family. And uh, my mum told me when I saw my mum, she goes, oh, you know, my ex-partner, she goes, she messaged me oh. and said, you know, I'm thinking of you guys today. And I said, mum, why did you tell me that? Like, and I... Because she does still message mum here and there. And I said, mum, why don't you tell me that? And then my brain was just thinking, I'm like, oh. And then you just, I think about all how good she was for me through that five-year period when I was, I still am grieving. But mm. she was just, she just got me emotionally. And no one's ever got me emotionally like that before besides my own intimate family. And I was like, thinking about all the good stuff. Mm. You know, you get to work and you're in your thoughts. And I was just like, thinking, what the fuck have I done? Like, you know, just going through this in my head and coming home to D and going... So I'm going, probably going through a real struggle at the moment. Mm. Going to see my counsellor at 11 o'clock today after this. Oh. And, you know, that's one of the struggles talking through with her. But I'm, you know, I'm battling. We were together for three three years or two and a bit, two and a half years. Lived together. Happy relationship. But I ended it based on, we've talked about it, is like I wanted to, uh, it was just this time in my life where I wanted to, I didn't want to settle yet. I wanted mm. to get out, live with a mate. Go after our podcast, create what we want to build. And if two years time go and I'm ready, well, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to live with regret. And that's my, so I'm fighting with that 
all the time. Have I done the right thing? You know, mm. it's hard, mate. What are sort of like the fighting thoughts? I think the fighting thoughts are if she finds someone in that time and I am ready, well, I've missed it. Mm. That's my fighting thought, um, which is really difficult and a hard pill to swallow because it's not fair to make someone wait. In my mm. opinion, it's not fair at all, especially when, you know, you love each other. It's probably been a lot harder for her than it has for me, yeah. I think. So, but yeah, that probably that, mm. yeah. What's it been like sort of on this second half of the journey of like going out and taking all these risks and trying yeah it's great I, I love this i love this conversation i really do because no one's asked me these questions and it's really nice mm. or well, d has you know partly well really we've, mo- we've moved out so i was at home we've been split for six months i was at home for basically that whole six months or five months we've been here for a month together in our house so really there hasn't been a lot of mm. it's only now it's this starting like the... so it's been a five month of build-up of grief and getting through it really and, and through that is lockdown and whatnot so yeah. you're not doing much but now we're here and we're in it um if i'm speaking openly when we first moved in i actually really fucking struggled mm. i said to d i'm like we don't have all that shit i feel out of place i don't feel comfortable in this town yet where's my comfort bubble like, uh, you know <laughs> like, no bullshit one of the nights yeah. i slept in d's bed <laughs> awesome. sorry to, sorry if you didn't want well, me to I share care, that i don't care at all but i, I think said, you mentioned it because anyway. um you know i struggle with some anxiety and health anxiety i was like dude can i sleep with you mate like because mm-hmm. i need to fall asleep but i can't on my own um so yeah it's 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 just a matter of working through it now when i've got myself a, a new counselor and got my mental health plan last night and yeah it's fucking it's fucking brutal yeah mm-hmm. at times i've just like like i relate heaps to what you're saying like in my, in my own way yeah um yeah i had my first session with i've seen like psychs before and um, I also see one for work because sometimes I hear stories that, you know, like traumatic fucking like make me sad. But yeah, I, I just started seeing a new site last week. I'm pretty sure last Wednesday. Um, my next session's next week. Have you have you had your first session yet? I had a session with her last week. Yeah, your introductory sort of. Yeah, and then I got my mental health plan last night. So I've got another one today. But I've seen sites before and or I've seen two and both of them are and this is the hardest part is mm. finding someone that you can really relate to. Yeah. And for six months, I've been told by all my family and my mates, mate, you need to see someone, you need to see someone. I'm sure everyone listening is probably sick of me talking about my health anxiety, but I'm at the doctor. I was at the doctor every month, every week going, mm. oh, this pain, that pain. I've got cancer, this and that. Mm. You know, I needed to work through that with a psych, but I was scared if I go and book with a psych and I don't like them. So I kept putting it off. I was like, I might not like them. Well, I've now found someone I really love. Like, she's mm. awesome. And it's good to hear that you've found someone you like too. Yeah. yeah. Well, finding a psych or a counselor is literally the same as dating. Yeah. You never go on a date. You're never going to meet anyone. You're never going to, like, find yeah. fall in love. Yeah. Um, but it's it's generally the same with a psych. And I've gone to a few that I've been like, oh, like, this isn't, like, I'm not feeling it. Um, like, weirdly, it's exactly the same as what I'd say about a date. Like, I'm just not feeling it. Good person. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> good values. Um, you know, like, ask me nice questions, whatever. There's like, no spark. You know? you know, the chemistry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Loved their furniture. Uh, <laughs> it. Well, it's good you got that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I just... I think it's it's really cool. And D's gone through his own breakup as well. Yeah. You know, would you be open to sharing oh, that? Oh well, mate. Look, to me, look, mine's not as probably bad as you, yours because you were a much longer period of time. Look, I'm okay. I'm 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 okay now. I'm fine. Like it was hard at the start, and and I've been pretty quiet about it. I haven't really. Hmm. I never spoke about the relationship really. I never spoke about it on this podcast. I kept it pretty quiet. So yeah, it was a year long thing, and yeah, so it was. But I mean, I'm fine now. It's um, it's one of those things. It's like. For me, my anxiety comes when I'm not doing something. So I just need to keep moving. I need to, I, I think I grieved for a bit, had conversations and now it's like, okay, well, what's the next step look like? It's not re- living in the past. It's okay. What can I control? I was talking, having this conversation with my mates around COVID yesterday. We're talking mm. like, okay, we can argue about this till the cows come home. Like we could be left behind arguing and wasting our time or we can, what can we control? How do we get ahead? Mm. So for me, it's okay. Well, I can look after my body. I can get this, like, we're learning more more stuff about content and the podcasting and new guests and, you know... Opportunity. And opportunities and, like, side hustles and investing and all these other things that you can control to a degree. For me, it's focus on that. And mm. best advice I could give to people is the first thing is talk and the second is exercise because when I get out and run, like, I can just be feeling so shit. But if I just go for just a small run and sweat a little bit, mm. I just feel like a new person. But I want to ask you, Jared, like... How are you going? Because you mentioned earlier that you've had a tough 
few weeks. Are you open to sh- yeah. share? Like, did you come get to the end of why you're acting that way or what was going on? It's been a, a really interesting journey. Like I said, like, I feel like it was like textbook. I, I didn't say that, but like, that's how it's felt. Like, I noticed myself being really quiet. I like, I can literally picture me out like for drinks with my mates, or, like at a normal bar that we go to. And I just like couldn't find words. Like I, I'm usually just like chatting jokes and that sort of stuff. And someone was like, you're just being quiet. And I was like, I just have no idea why. So that was a few weeks back. And I remember just um, co- coping strategy is just like keep busy. You know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do things. Because yeah. that, that's what makes me feel good. So I just kept myself really busy. And, you know, through that stage of <laughs> putting Netflix on to fall asleep. Because it's like, well, I'm either going to wrestle with my thoughts. Or I'm going to listen to a TV show until I black out. And I'm like, you know, so I can avoid those thoughts. So then I think I got to a point. Crazily enough, um, three weeks ago, maybe I was like, fuck, I'm like, (laughs) I had this day where I was just like feeling shit. Like I didn't have any excitement for like the whole day. And I, uh, I I had like a big cry in my shower, literally just like, was like, holy fuck. Like, it's just, I haven't felt like that sad for that long before, like, or not before, but like in a really long time. So I was like, whoa, fucking, this is scary. Like, this is a bit weird. And I think a lot of my thoughts, like, you know, I, like I've been single for a while um, and like had like just like sort of like casual sort of like friends with benefits sort of relationships, flings, flings yeah. and yeah. sort of stuff. And just had this kind of like scary, like thought or belief. I was like, fuck, like, am I like, like am I lovable or, you know, like, is, is that going to happen or is this going to be it? And I think I was just like, like hit. And after that, I was like, okay, cool. Like maybe I'm going to just go get my mental health care plan. And I just did. I was like booked in the next day. Got that. Um, booked in with the psych. I was just got the, the, the closest one I could get to that was like soon. Because um, you can go on heaps of waiting lists. That's um, a great That's a great point. A great step is just get to one. Yeah. You know, like I was like, just and try I literally one. was like, yeah. I thought it was going to be shit. I, I, did, I did telehealth. So I'm like, I'm do, doing my like psych over the phone. I was like, oh, this is not going to be for me. Like I'm a people person. Like I want to be there. And But yeah, that was actually really good, which was crazy. I was like, oh my God. But yeah, I think the, the step in between was, yeah, one, one of my mates messaged me on, like I was sitting on the couch with my housemates and then she was like, how are you? I was like, yeah, yeah, good. She was like, no, how are you really? And I was just like, like, just like my emotions just unlocked a bit. I was like, okay, cool. And I was fucking typed it out and she was amazing. And then after that, I just like had a few more mates were like, how are you going? And like, you know, like the classic ISO sort of messages. And I just like kept hitting them. I was like, well, here's how I'm going. How are you? And I just, yeah. You can almost copy and paste. Yeah, know, I literally like, can. you know, like it's such a, it's hard to even like it's hard to even put it in text yeah you know which was weird and I, i'm usually like like i really enjoy verbalizing and i think i'm at the point now where i'm enjoying to verbalize it a bit more but i think at that point it was nice to just write it and like have time to like be like fuck oh like is that i don't know trying to structure something but yeah so i had my my, my psych session it was really good just talking around like i i have a huge self-esteem like i i think i'm a like a really confident guy that has my dream job and feels pretty sexy in my body like yeah. i said but yeah i think um what my sort of psych reflected was like just sounds like you're tying a bit of your self-esteem to relationships yeah and lack of mm. so that's sort of where i'm at yeah. at the moment wow thank you thank you for sharing what yeah, i thanks mate what i love about like today's episode in particular and, and why we really wanted to talk with the you. camera buddy went dead so <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna change it keep talking yeah the, the thing that i was really hoping to get out of this podcast which is exactly what we've done is just as i said to you when we we're getting coffee this morning we're not we never come from a place of we're experts mm. and we're and we know the answers and we have the answers but we want to based on our vulnerability we want to be role models to mm. know hopefully if somebody's listening and they actually message their mate today or their friend or their family mm. or, and they just start integrating this into their lives like that would just be a huge win i even notice this myself and I, I for me the heady conversations talking about like you know politics masculinity yeah. like opinions it's so easy and it, it escapes vulnerability um, and I'm guilty of just doing it because I'm like, well, I'm passionate about that. So I want yeah, to talk about it. Same, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I really noticed when you said like, oh, like I cried yesterday, you know, like, and we had this chat in the kitchen about how we're actually going. And I was like, okay, shit, like you're, you're doing it first. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. Now I'm like, all right, now I'm going to. Don't worry. When, as soon as you said that about the cry in the shower, I was like, I'm glad I shared what I shared yeah. because I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's how it works. Like, it's amazing. You've mentioned it at the start, but it is like, look, it just happened. Literally. Yeah. So I just think that's really cool. So, um, like, yeah, commend you for also sort Thanks, of like, mate. you know, tapping us in and being like, well, I'm going to start this shit today. Yeah. Which is what, what it takes. Yeah. And that is something I'm trying to 
Sometimes we put, I put this expectation on myself, and I know you do too, and you probably do as well with mm-hmm. Tomorrow Man, is we, well, we want to be this role model, so putting out this to the world. But it's hard when you can only do it, probably share it from a social media point of view, because you can't... I don't have everyone's number. I don't have everyone's... Yeah. I, I, you can't message and talk to everyone in person. So when you're putting it up on social media, not everyone's going to respond in that way. Mm. So like for me, it's almost sometimes letting go of, hey... As, as vulnerable as I could be, I'm still not going to be able to help and change everyone. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I think it's like something I've probably just been coming to terms with. It's just when I first started doing this work, you know, five, six years ago, it was all about change. It was all about like having, making a difference, being, being the role model that I always wanted. But I think now I'm just like, I just got to have to know that I'm doing my best. You know, and it's if it reaches two, it reaches two. If it reaches a hundred, it reaches a hundred, and mm. that's amazing. But like, you still did the thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to like settle myself on. Just be like, conversations, conversations. Do your best. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just try and focus on who who's in my immediate circle mm. because I just believe in that snowball effect. So mm. if I can if I can positively impact five people or two people around me that are closest to me, they could go and do it to two more and two more. Like. I know it's not a perfect system, but that's how I think. Like that's almost doing my job kind yeah. of thing. Like if I can just impact those, and it's interesting because even you bringing up, you know, think like things that happened ten years ago or fifteen years ago, or twenty years ago. Mm. Like primary school, it's made me reflect. Mm. Even that affection thing. I remember one of our teachers. We used to have to hold hands yeah. when we line up for class. And I remember one of the teachers coming in, and he's like, "No, you only hold hands if it's a boy and a girl. No, two girls don't, and Still two works. guys don't." Yeah, and that was, well, that's what, 15, 20 years ago now, something like that. And then when I look back at who I was when I was, say, 16, when you and I were sort of meeting and becoming mates, like, I was, I had this, like, persona that I was, like, a footballer and I was, like, my boys used to say, like, I was aggro and angry and I used to love getting in fights on the footy field. He did love a tussle. Yeah, and I was was not, (laughs) but I was not a, um, I was not affectionate at all. I was really that stereotypical, I was trying to be that stereotypical guy. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's just interesting the generational shift now because I think of I feel almost sorry for the generations that have gone before us that have had to bottle everything up. Mm. And, and I don't know. If, do you think like if you were say a fifty to sixty year old guy mm. and you still have those old school thoughts, do you think it's something they could break out of later in life? Or hundred percent. Yeah. Like a thousand percent. I think something I've noticed is our generation uh, are teaching dads how to say I love you. Like when you were speaking about your dad yeah. saying I love you, I was like, holy fuck, like God, like that's amazing and I'm jealous. But mm. I. Um, People would be, yeah. You know, because it's just not. We men weren't allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, I. Um, I don't know when this was, maybe six, 12 months ago. Dad and I are like. We had good relationship when I was young and then we sort of, um, you know, sort of distanced ourselves a bit when I was sort of like ladies of high school, especially when I was struggling with my mental health. Push everyone away. Yeah. That's what you do. But. Um, yeah, I don't know where, what it was, but I must have gotten on the phone to him. We've been really like just connecting again. And I said, I love you. And he like freaked out. He was like, Ugh. Yeah. I love you too. Like, oh, whoa, oh, like it's been such a good chat. And then every phone call since, he just like, he makes this huge effort. So it's like, kind of weird. It's that's like, amazing. but it's like, well, that's how it, like our generation are teaching them yeah. and how to be soft. And there's this memory from a workshop where an old guy, kind of like grandpa sort of vibe, like, you know, 50, 60, how old's a grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like grandpa age. Um, but he, he said, he was like, when I over, when I was a dad, I was expected to be tough and I was expected to look after the family and keep my shit together. And when I became a grandpa, I was all of a sudden supposed to be soft and nurturing yeah, and like so sensitive. True. And I was like, that's fucking wild. Because it's I look at my pop, you know, and I go like, that was exactly what you were like. Yeah. Mm. But as a dad, you were meant to be this... Thing and yeah. So I think it's all possible. I think it's just around like the societal pressure of like what are you allowed to be? I love the I love you topic because um yeah, even on my dad's birthday the other day, like I went to the cemetery and uh my 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 dad's brother was there. Mm. And um you know, we like even when we were saying goodbye, we actually had, he he goes I didn't know he was gonna be there. So yeah. I rocked up after work, I'm like, Yuck, yucky and um he goes, Oh he just finished, he was about to leave, so I was very lucky he was there. He goes, Let's go have you already had a beer. He's like, come on, let's go have a beer. And then he opens the back of the car. He's got a slab. Love it. And um, so we went and sat and had a beer with dad. And then we were in his car and had a bit more of a chat. And then as I was leaving, I had the rider, man. I was allowed to have two beers and drive. So don't worry, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I just said, love you, mate. He went, oh, I love you too, mate. And then we got in the car and drove off. And I, because he wouldn't have said it first. Yeah. But I said it first. 
um, and I can relate that to with a few of my dad's mates, but you said the word jealous mm. and that really relates with me because I'm like, I, I, I never ever experienced my parents not saying I love you to me. Mm. I always got it. Mm. Like even now with my sisters, like my, my younger sister Camille, and it used to even shit me a couple of years ago. Every second she would like, I, I love you. I love you. Like just walking out the door, I love you. And I'd be like, fuck, I know. Like I love you too. <laughs> but like, but now I'm like, no, it, it's beautiful because who knows what could happen, mm. you know, in a few seconds or a day or something could happen. Um, I know more than anyone how quick something can happen. So I'm sure you would and you would too. <clears throat> yeah. I just thought I'd share that. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah, well, this is a whole thing. I just love this conversation because we got all these points that we haven't looked at. And that's <laughs> the thing. No, but we just want to open up a conversation. I thought mm. it would be a lot to do with maybe masculinity and all this kind of stuff. But what I'm sort of hearing from all this is like, and I'm just self-reflecting as we all chat. It's like, I remember if I, my old school thinking was, if I didn't act in this kind of way and I acted the way we've been talking today, we're talking about crying and vulnerability, then like girls and chicks, they, they wouldn't be interested. Mm. But now, like when I talk to them, like I'll just talk about vulnerable stuff and they just love it. They Like the more the more you embrace it and you, you're so comfortable in who you, you are, the more attractive you become anyway. And that's that's like the key thing. And if anyone's still stuck in that mindset, try it. <laughs> Genuinely though, it's yeah. just like what you said, like, you know, if you talk about your emotions, like girls are going to be interested. It's just such a myth. Yeah. And like to be really factual and something that I do know that if you want to be in a relationship, you need to be able to connect and have actual conversations and get on, a, you know, on each other's level. Men don't, haven't been taught the skills, but we need the skills. And... Like, shout out to fucking women because women have been teaching men how to have communication and actual conversations since I don't know when. You know what I mean? For the last 200 years. It's just now our spot, I think, as men to go, like, we're going to teach ourselves. We're going to train each other. Women don't have to do an extra, you know, 10 yards just to make a man be good in a relationship. You know, I think Mm. we're there. We've nearly been going for an hour, so we'll, like, start. That's pretty awesome. Would you be open to doing like an exercise or something that you like? I know D's got here that HHH, or what, what, how do you explain it? Triple H? Yeah. Triple H, H, time H, to H. play the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do it. Are you a wrestling fan? Oh, no. No, it's okay. Um, but yeah, Triple H, one of our favorites, uh, Hunter. Uh, don't know why I'm talking about Triple H. But. <laughs> it's where your mind actually goes. Just before we do, I, I, I actually, we did this in my old footy club. It was introduced based on the Richmond thing. Yeah. And the way we did it was a little bit different to how you did it. We had to do it in front of the whole group. So coaches, staff, players. And um, what actually happened was we had to nominate, we do the Triple H. And then at the end of it, you nominate one other person. So then by the end of the year, everyone's done it. And mm-hmm. it was the most incredible experience. So can you explain what it is and then we'll, we'll, we'll do a quick version of it yeah um, so that was that was Richmond's way and it was fucking amazing and groundbreaking honestly for football culture we we do it at Tomorrow Man so your Triple H is who's a hero in your life um, and that's like a person you've had an actual relationship with can't be like I don't know Kobe Bryant or yeah. <laughs> um, that wrestler that oh, you're talking about that I didn't know the name <laughs> Triple of Triple H is yeah, my yeah. <laughs> um, so that's like your, your hero Second H is a hardship in your life, some sort of challenge um, that's you know you've sort of had to overcome or are overcoming, and then the the third H is a highlight. Um, and for me, like a highlight is like a time where I can close my eyes and I can picture like just a really nice memory that like like lights me up, makes me smile. And the beauty of it is, is that you learn so much, but there's also a range of like his vulnerability and his passion. Yeah, you know, so it's not just depressing. Like it's it's got range. So mm. um, yeah. Well, what I loved about it was, especially that old club, is like it, it made us, in a football sense, it made us so much closer mm. because you actually wanted to go and like he cared so much about people because they were open. And, and I remember one guy got up, I'm not going to drop the word that he used, but he dropped the C word and he said, this is why I act a bit like that. Yeah. And he's like, what a lot of you guys don't know is I'm actually going through a divorce mm. and there's two kids involved. And he was crying and, and he's like, you know, it's not excusing my behavior for being grumpy and aggro and blah, blah, blah. But he's like, you know, this is what I'm going through. And then suddenly he just really cared. Mm. And like it showed him when we played as well. Like, because you feel like you know everybody better. Because apart from just their job and what they're studying and maybe their partner's name. Yeah. Now it's like we have this deep secret. Oh, not secret. We have this yeah. deep knowledge of them. Yeah. yeah. Connection. So well, how about you give us an example, Jared? Because you, yeah. you, would, you, you would have everybody, you'd hear it from everybody else. But let's hear it from you. Awesome. 
God, hero, I've changed hundreds of times, but I would say it's it's my dad at the moment, which has been really nice because I, I don't know if I would have always, always said dad, but yeah, he's just a hero simply because I think he has now gotten this range um, between being the rowdiest guy that I've ever met from being this guy that can sort of speak around how he's going and, and say, I love you. So I really value that and I value him. Challenge of my life, that was definitely like high school. High school was the hard, probably one of the hardest times for me. And I had, we didn't really speak about it today, but I had some um, really big mental health struggles and some dark, dark years. So that was, that was a challenge for me. And highlight would be, um, if you've ever heard of Camp America? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I did Camp America for three years. Sick. And Jealous. it's just like, it's so, it's so good. Like, honestly, it was just like, uh, I don't know, three months of living in my inner child. Like of being a kid and that just being like just being so free and laughing a lot. Do you want to do yours? Are we all doing it? Or are, oh, we, are we all I doing? Think we definitely. Should. Okay. Well, you, you go. You go. Okay. Uh, hero. I think the easiest one, and I like I would say my dad is my hero, but mm. I also probably want to put my mum in there too. Mm. So at the moment, probably say my mum, just based on as I've moved back out, she's spending quite a lot of time at home on her own. Mm. My little sister still lives there, but and I just. And she's so resilient and I, I just, I always worry, I'm like, oh, she's by herself now. All the three kids are growing up and mm. um, I think, how do you do it? But she's like, I enjoy being by myself. Like, <laughs> I, I enjoy it, but I go, like, good on you, mum. Like, I really look up to that and just, uh, us three kids, I hope my sisters don't mind me saying it, but we've struggled, had our fair share of mental health struggles. My mum is as strong as an ox. Like, mm. she's, and we talked about females and their, f- my mum doesn't see anyone, but she always says to me, I've got, She's got like that many friends. She's like, they're my therapy. So she's been talking to her friends for 30 years. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, we're not like that. Or we should be like that. We're starting to become like that. Yeah. My hardship would be, I'll just say right now, going trying to break, work through these emotional or these emotions through my breakup. Mm. Things are coming back up that are probably creating some confusion and second guessing some decisions i'm you know it's 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 hard so i'm working through that uh that would probably be my hardship at the moment and then my highlight would be probably uh i'm just picturing in my head like being at a a doggies game with my dad bulldogs (laughs) game and just like standing up when uh i'll never forget it it was um st kilda versus the dogs and it would have been 2015 and I remember Jason Johannesson on the half-back line got a nice intercept. And I remember Dad, both of us standing up going, JJ! JJ! And he just ran from half-back and kicked the goal from 50. And I remember he kicked the goal and me and Dad just looked at each other. And we, that, like, I miss that. I really miss that with, with my dad. So that would be my highlight. Yeah, it's a beautiful memory. Mm. Awesome. You? Um, yeah, so and I, I'd actually told Dad because this is what I... This is what I said in our session. So yeah, he dad has become my hero, and I and he all, and he wasn't always, and that's been brutal. But recently, he definitely has. So he four weeks ago, roughly, I can't remember the time period. He had his leg amputated very suddenly. So and they still don't really know why. They, they think diabetes, but then they're not one hundred percent sure. So, but the reason I say hero is because of the way he acted through that. He was so strong. He was so he, he never asked for sympathy. He never asked for anything. He was just like, okay, this is what I have to do. This is what's next. I'm excited. I'm going to use this to motivate me. And it, mm. it was just really inspiring to see the way he acted. So, um, the hardship would be so in that block, a bunch of things are happening in that time period. So obviously, Dad felt ill overnight mm. um as a result there's a flow and effect so i had to sort of he like i said to you he runs a business so suddenly you've got his clients contacting you what's going on you're getting overwhelmed i'm still just trying to get on with my day-to-day job and the podcast and everything else mm. and but dealing with your own struggle with yeah well i had dad uh, yeah well, obviously yeah for that as well but then like at the same time i did my shoulder and then mm. like playing footy and then um at the breakup and everything was sort of happening at once so it was a tough time and we're trying to move house and do all that so that probably got me through and but the highlight probably my life and is probably I did a trip to America by myself and just no plan just jump on a plane every couple of days just get on a new one and I haven't been to this city let's go and Ballsy. best five or six weeks of my life by far like so and I'm just itching to do it again as soon as we can so retweet it yeah 100% so yeah that would be that would be mine so yeah I love that that's, that's awesome it. and I just like think it's really important to say 
the way that um, Richmond Footy Club sort of started that tradition was, you know, one guy a week would do it and mm. that was your way of getting closer. But what we really believe or what I believe fully is after like a, one of your mates shares those details and we, we taught you this at the club is we practice just asking second and third questions. Mm. So it's like when a mate opens up, asking a question going like man like what was that like like tell me about it or just asking curious open-ended questions so that they can go like oh they want to hear about this and now i'm gonna tell you more about how i feel or Mm. you know this amazing moment in my life like how connected to your dad did you feel in that moment when you were talking about that memory oh crazy uh that that what sport was our connection yeah you know besides our you know father and son bond and love black sport was our way to connect Mm. and we just thrived off it together uh footy soccer like they were the two main ones, but yeah, that just sport. And that's why sport, I found sport is the heart. Like I love it. I still mm. love it, but that's my, still my, like I go there and I, it's bittersweet. Yeah. But that's when I'm on my, my most emotional. Mm. Like Makes the, so much sense. The national anthem at a soccer game. I just now ball because I'm like, not only because I'm a proud Australian, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but because of that monumental moment. Um, Cause my dad would often, my dad would cry a lot. And I was very embarrassed. Mm. I think I've spoken about it in an earlier podcast, but like, you know, you'd be in the car and a song would come on and it would trigger my dad and he would cry and I'd go, and he, and he would be hiding it, driving. How terrible is that? That's crazy. Like he would physically try and hide it and he would look out the other side of the window and you knew he was crying because he wasn't looking straight. He was kind of like looking to the side, looking at the road. Mm. Mm. And I'd be embarrassed. And I look back now and I'm like, fucking hell. Like, I wish I could have... Or, or the national anthem dad come on come on mm. like it's alright even my 21st he practiced the speech that many times to not cry uh. and even I got emotional in my speech and he didn't and, it, <laughs> and then he jumped on the mic and went I've been practicing this for a whole week I cried every time practicing it <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, like it's yeah anyway I, I, I just think that by asking your mates questions it gives them permission to speak more about the thing that's really important to them. Mm. And I like, as you guys know, these conversations are addicting. They're like fucking, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a drug that I can reference. <laughs> <laughs> What's the least incriminating? I think they're all pretty addictive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it's that thing of just like, but the more that you can ask questions, the more it allows for the conversation. And that's just what guys don't really know. It. Like, you don't know how to keep the conversation going at first, but mm. once you learn, whew, it could go for hours, right? This oh, thing's fucking going forever. I was about like, to say, like, I wish we went under time constraints right now because I'd just love to keep it going. So, mm. well, we'll get Jared in again, I think. Yeah, we'll just sure. uh, we'll do a follow-up. And, Please. Yeah, but, um, I, I mean, we, I'm mindful of time. So yeah, I reckon that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, 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 Jared, one question. I've got a million questions, but <laughs> <laughs> to, wrap this, to wrap up this podcast, <laughs> firstly, how can people get in touch with you and get in touch with Tomorrow Man? What's the best way to go about it? Oh, sorry. I'm not allowed to tap the... Desk because uh, the camera messes shaking. up the camera. We need a camera set. So yeah, what's the best way to get involved with Tomorrow Man and, and yourself? God, for sure. Um, I'm like, does everyone else use Instagram? Because everybody, the, uses yeah, Instagram. everyone uses Instagram. That's where we want everyone to get to us. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, I'll have to follow you guys as well. But um, well, yeah, Tomorrow Man underscore AU on Instagram or just Google it; it'll come up. And if you have any connections in a school or in a footy club or a sports club. Um, and want to get conversations like this going and get this emotional muscle happening, um, yeah, reach out and we can we can sort something out. Beautiful. Parents as well. If you've got parent, if you're a parent at a school, like yeah, footy club anywhere. Let's really get like I I can vouch for it because I've been there. It's so beneficial. I'd love to attend one. It's yeah. so beneficial. It's not like I said to Jared. It's not man bashing at all. It, it's it's there is so much positivity to come out of it and yeah. these conversations. So. What about yourself personally on, on Instagram? Give yourself a shout out. Oh, yeah, I'm on public at the moment. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, yeah, Jared Asquith on Instagram. Um, follow me. Send me DMs. I don't know. Maybe not, not Jared Asquith. No, no not okay. Asquith. Not Asquith. <laughs> I haven't gone by that name in quite a long well, time. We don't have a trauma at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We dealt with that at the start. Yeah, Sorry. Oh, uh, shit. Um, um, I just want to quickly acknowledge you, mate. Because, um, well, firstly, thank you for coming on the podcast. But... The can of worms that you've opened up for us personally, I'm going to walk, I just know, I just feel so much better. Even you just say, asking a couple of simple questions, a stranger that I haven't met before, Mm. showing genuine interest, what a difference that can make in someone's, one, energy, and two, just general well-being and happiness. So I just want to acknowledge you for the person you are and what you're doing with Tomorrow Man, because it's beautiful, I love it. 
but also I'm looking forward to now staying in contact with you and you know Please. catching up and, you and know, keeping these conversations keeping these going. Conversations yeah. going. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, it shouldn't be a once-off thing, should it? We, no. we want to no. build a better connection, and I want I want to hear about like you said, you didn't even get a chance to touch on it when you were a teenager. Like I'd love mm. to just hear about that. But yeah, man, I want to acknowledge you as well. I I, I quickly pulled Jared aside at the end of the session. I said, mate got a bit of a podcast i'd love to have you on um so yeah i'm just grateful mate for for how open you were and just yeah being open to come on and and have a chat with us it it means the world so yeah yeah, thank you thanks boys seriously it's been so nice um yeah i just like again i said it before but i'm just so impressed by your ability to just to like say like this is how i'm actually going and like really cut the bullshit Mm. um because it's it's challenging um but I really respect it. And I was going to say before, like, we should definitely get a beer at some point. Let's do it. Um, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can have these chats, but we can yeah. also have funny chats too. Yeah. Oh, well, I was yeah. actually going to say, but, you know, it's your shout for the coffee next time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh... Great, great. <laughs> I can shout the beer instead. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Joe. No worries.